Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Tallahassee, Florida, it's time for Florida Home Builders Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Florida Home Builders Radio. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. Our guest today is partner owner with Donnelly and Gross Employment and Labor Attorneys, Mr. Paul Donnelly. Good afternoon, sir. Hey there. I appreciate you having me. Well, we are delighted to have you on the show and looking forward to getting some answers to questions that a lot of us have been asking, particularly lately. But before we go there, can you share with us just kind of your affiliation, your association in general with the Florida Home Builders Association and maybe your local Home Builders Association? Yeah, certainly. We're we're members. We are particularly active in the local association, which is the Builders Association of North Central Florida, which uh, covers many of the counties in North Central Florida. And we do uh, quite a bit of work helping uh, member businesses with their employment issues. And uh, I've been doing so for, for many years. Well, as a business media platform here at Business Radio X, and I know as an association at the at the state level, we're getting more questions than ever around, I think, this whole domain of employment and, and labor law. What kind of questions are you finding yourself fielding more and more here in the last few weeks? Well, you know, it's it's amazing because we are getting some very similar questions, but then these circumstances are so fluid and ever-changing, and they can be very different depending on the different circumstances. Some of the questions we're getting are what steps should employers be taking? How much information can you require an employee to share with you as their employer? Can employees refuse to come to work because they're afraid of being exposed to COVID-19 and stuff like that. And I can certainly go through the answers to those with you. Well, I'd love the answers to those three. And there's probably a half a dozen more. I hadn't really thought about that last one. Can they say, look, I'm not coming to work. I don't want to put me or my family at risk. Yeah. Walk us through what they can and can't do. And maybe also give us some, some guidance on as employers, how we should handle that. Yeah. That, yeah. It's a, it's a question we're getting a lot. So can an employee refuse to come to work because they're afraid of being exposed to COVID-19? The answer is usually never can they refuse. Hmm. Um, if you've got work for them, they need to work. Now, under OSHA, employees can refuse to come to work or perform certain tasks if they believe they are in what the law calls imminent danger which means employees must believe that there's death or serious physical harm that could occur and that such that kind of threat is immediate or imminent. And most working conditions will not rise to that level. So our advice has been, if you have work for the employees, they can't refuse to come to work because they fear uh, exposure or reliance on the safer at home uh, order. We're talking essential work, work that's allowed to be performed. And, um, you know, the idea here in the economy is to keep people working and business running. Now, the other side of that coin, what if the employee is already presenting with COVID-19? That's, there's probably a whole set of circumstances and guidelines around that, right? Well, yeah, you have the ability to, to send that person home uh, and not have them around the workplace. Now, 
the next question is going to come from the new federal law that was enacted several weeks ago that actually became effective April 1, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. That's the one that, that requires up to two weeks of pay for people who meet certain criteria. If someone is simply symptomatic, they, they have the, the, the symptoms, uh, but they're not seeking medical advice, they're not under a quarantine order from the Department of Health or from a healthcare provider, then they're not going to qualify for that paid leave that the employer is required to pay and then uh, up to certain caps. Uh, but they get reimbursed through tax uh, tax credit. So how do I know the employee has COVID-19 and am I allowed well, to find out? All right. So here's the steps an employer should take. So let's look at it sort of from top to bottom. Inform employees about the COVID-19 symptoms, fever, chills, cough, shortness of breath, sore throat, and you, you probably have seen, and I know many of our members have seen the, the posters that are available from OSHA that you can just download them off the internet. That those kinds of things are very helpful to, to, to post or to send, give to the employees through email or however you communicate with them. Send employees, uh, tell them not to come to work if they have any of those symptoms. Send them home if they're experiencing those symptoms. Um, and remember that employees only get the emergency paid sick leave that I was talking about. Um, if they are both experiencing the symptoms and seeking a medical diagnosis. I think you also can take proactive steps to protect the workplace and comply with OSHA. So you, at the workplace, institute social distancing, face masks, monitoring of symptoms, hand washing, incre increase the routine cleanings, particularly in high traffic and common areas and workstations, um, modify visitor policies. Um, when you do Find someone who who has the symptoms, or for example, when you know if they got a po they've got a positive test, it's important to um, to to you know, trace out. And you have the 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 right to to send folks home who may have been exposed and have them stay away for 14 days. Um, so if they've been around the coworker for in a close proximity for like more than 10 minutes. Um, you would have the ability to send them home too, uh, to reduce further exposure in the workplace. All right. So any way this thing shakes out, I, as a contractor, a developer, anybody in this ecosystem, I'm going to eat some cost here. It, I mean, is that just the end of the story and that's just the way the cookie crumbles? Is there some relief or some path to somehow get some, because I'm doing everything from buying sanitizer, providing masks to eating this required leave time is there is there any relief at all for me well there is for that relief time and the you know so somebody's out on that paid sick leave because they meet one of the qualifying circumstances mm -hmm. okay and i'm just giving examples quarantine um from you know the, the authorities and by the way the stay-at-home orders can possibly qualify as that the uh but not for essential workers but uh uh, the quarantine or you've got the symptoms and you're seeking diagnosis or you've tested positive, those kinds of things. That paid leave, okay, that, that employers are required to give, employers of 500 or less, all right, um, mm -hmm. they get a tax, you can get a tax credit for that on your next tax deposit where you send in your withholding and FICA and, 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 and those taxes and you get a credit for that plus health insurance that you may have kept the employee on while they're on that leave. 
So the idea is you're supposed to get that money back. And what happens if you paid too much more in, in, in the sick leave benefit than what your tax is? You can apply for a, a refund or, or for the credit for that. So the idea behind this law is that you're supposed to break even on that. Um, but you're not going to break even on all that other stuff, like the hand sanitizer and all that, uh, and all those other efforts. That's just part of it. That's the cost of, of doing business. Okay. So what if we switch gears a little bit here and I just, I've got a family member and I've got to have some space to, to take care of them. Is there some, some room for that in any of what we're talking about? Yeah, there is. And you know what? Let me just mention this to you because you're, you're to that last question about, this is a real financial squeeze and, and what, what help is there? There is a provision in the law that um, in, this relates to your next question about what if I'm caring for um, a family member or, or something like that, the uh, or child who, you know, if the school the schools are closed and you, you, you have to provide yeah. the child care. Um, in, in that situation, there there is a provision that allows employers of 50 or less it's like a small business exemption, but you got to keep real good records on this. If you can establish that your business is um, uh, substantially affected financially by that, uh, and you can demonstrate the hardship, and I, I can drill into all those specifics, you know, now or if we do another call, if you like. Um, uh, but there is a provision that allows small businesses to opt out of paying the sick leave for childcare when schools are closed, okay? Um, or if, if you have a daycare that's closed or a, or a child care worker who, you know, maybe is not able to come to your home if, it was, if the child care was done in your home or something like that. Um, if you're out for that reason, this law requires that the pay be um, at two-thirds, not 100%. So the sick leave is, is a little bit lower. Uh, and you've got that small business um, exemption uh, that's potentially available to, to employers. So when I have you on the bat phone like this and I ask a question and you have an answer, or even if you didn't have an answer, I suspect you could run down the hall and get it pretty quick. It's very comforting. But if I'm out in the wild and I've got these kinds of questions, in your work with your existing clients, is there some sort of I don't know, job aid, ongoing checklist, employment law, Bible, or like I say, a, a bat phone. What is the best way to stay prepared and stay equipped and not get, not get caught, uh, you know, behind the eight ball on some of these issues? Well, I'll tell you, the, the Department of Labor has done a pretty good job of putting information up on its website. And the summaries are real good. For example, you want to know about the Specifics um, in a real easy to understand um, way about the about the this paid sick leave uh, uh, part. Uh, if you just Google Department of Labor um, notice posting COVID, just words like that, it, it'll be the first item that comes up on your Google search, and you can click on that, and they've got a one page. Uh, notice that you also, by the way, are supposed to be notifying your employees of their rights under these, uh, that, uh, under this new law. And so that notice, you can read that and it's very plain English and it, it, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, plus you could download it and post it so you can satisfy the posting requirement. That's, so the Department of Labor is real good, but there's still some gray areas and it's a fast moving 
fluid situation. So, you know, the law was enacted, oh, I don't know, something like four weeks ago, and it was enacted to go into effect. It read like it was going to go into effect April 2nd, but the Department of Labor issued guidance. It was going to be April 1. And the Department of Labor pretty much every week has sent out guidance, uh, as most, most recently as last Friday. So it's really kind of tough to have, you know, the up to the minute stuff. And there's disagreement among lawyers about some of these. There's some disagreement, <laughs> for example, about whether, uh, the total amount of leave you get under this, under this law is the two weeks, uh, plus do you get 12 weeks under the Family Medical Leave Act, uh, to make it 14 weeks and, how many, you know, so there's, there's really even some disagreement uh, among lawyers. So what we try to do is, is look at what's the best practice, what's the safest course of action for, for people to take. But this is Googling it on your phone. If you're out there in the field on the job site, you know, and you know, that's a good way to get, get answers. All right. So setting this whole COVID-19 thing aside, I mean, I feel a little bit like the, you know, the, the guy who has a heart attack and says, yeah, I really got to, you know, stop drinking so much scotch and, you know, lay off the cigars. I feel a little bit like a COVID-19 does sometimes something like that will sort of jolt you into um, reengaging in what you know are best practices. So, but, so setting all that aside, just day to day, being a, a conscientious uh, enterprise, wanting to take care of your employees and being smart about the investment that you're making and the managing your risk, are, are there just some basic do's and don'ts when it comes to trying to comply with employment and, and labor law and maybe with respect to having some sort of ongoing relationship with someone who has specialized knowledge and expertise like you guys? I think it's, I think it's really important to do that because I don't think you should reinvent the wheel. Um, we've, Myself and other lawyers who do this type of, of work and specialize or focus in this area um, are, um, you know, ready, willing, and able to, to to help. Just pick up the phone, call us, and and we'll we'll get these things answered for you based on your you know unique circumstances. Um, but you know, the best practice is to take take away without you know taking the step call a calling a lawyer or, or other specialist in this in this area is is to send that notice out, post that notice that I told you about that's right there on the Department of Labor's uh, website. Um, um, make sure to follow the OSHA requirements and the direct the guidance of the, C, the CDC. If people test, if people seem symptomatic, um, uh, then, then I think that's something you, know, you should send the employee home. Send home all employees who work closely with that employee to ensure the infection doesn't, doesn't spread. Um, have them stay home until 14 days after the last exposure, which is what the CDC recommends. Um, ask the uh, employee to identify all individuals they've worked in close proximity with, meaning like, you know, real close physically for 10 minutes or longer. Um, you want to know that for, for 48 hours or two days before the symptoms came, came up. Um, don't identify the, the name of the infected employee if you can help it. Now, that mm -hmm. may be somewhat unavoidable, obviously. Um, and then last, I'd close off areas used by the, by the person who is ill and, and, and wait as long as you can to go back in and clean and sanitize it. Um, you know, that's, that's, I think those are some really, really smart steps to take. 
Well, no, that's very helpful. Thank you for that. If our listeners would like to connect with you or somebody on your team and have a more substantive conversation about any of these topics or, or, or the range of topics that I suspect would fall under this umbrella of employment and, and labor law, what is the best way for for them to connect with you guys, an email, a phone number, a, a LinkedIn, a website, whatever you feel like is appropriate? Yeah, any any of those is, is fine. Uh, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, you also, probably the best way to get it is, is access to us is to just go to the website, which is donnellygross.com. That's D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-G-R-O-S is in Sam, S is in Sam.com. And that's got all the contact info. You can just click a link to, you know, email, phone number, 352-374-4001. That those are all good ways to to reach out, and we'll make sure to help. Paul Donnelly with Donnelly and Gross, thank you so much for investing the time to share this information with our members. We sincerely appreciate it. And uh, yeah, as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, as fluid as this situation is, with your permission, we may reach back out and 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 have you update us on some of these topics or new ones that we don't even know about yet. Is that if you're up for that? Okay. I'm very up to it, and I really do appreciate what you all are doing to get all this information out out to the members. It's really, really important. Well, it's been an absolute delight having you on the show. And for our listeners out there, if you have additional questions on this topic or if you have questions about other topics and you would like us to source a subject matter expert to talk about this and keep you informed, let us know, and we'll do everything in our power to get to them and uh, put them on the show. Until then, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Paul Donnelly, the Florida Home Builders Association, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Florida Home Builders Radio.